Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shireko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shireko. Well, hello, Sean. I'm so glad you've come on our show today. Um, I yes, wanted, thanks, Susan. I thought it would be fun to tell you, because we haven't had a chance to talk before, how I got involved in this whole thing about trying to save the oaks with you. Um, yep. Basically, I, it must be 25 years ago that I had this crazy dream that I wanted to run a retreat center. But I'm very involved in the entertainment industry, and that was just not in the cards at that point in time. But I, I knew I wanted to uh, learn how to do it, and so I started to look for a, a nearby retreat center. The one I found was the Oaks, so I made an appointment with Paul Meitler, who I think was just arriving there for the first time, and I fell in love with it. I absolutely fell in love with the Oaks. It became the prototype of what I wanted my retreat center to look like. I even went so far as to ask Paul, who was the architect who built the conference center there? Because I loved it. For me, it was a stage with audiovisual equipment so the audience could sit and you could record. And then when you wanted to break out and have group discussions, you could because they had breakout rooms all around it. I just loved it. It was perfect for me. Yeah. I wasn't doing it yet. So um, it was not until recently, maybe like two weeks ago, that I was in my morning meditation and a thought was put in my head that I didn't have to build the center from scratch. I could find one that already existed and see how I could help. And I reached out to the Oaks only to find out it was closed and being sold. I was yes. in shock. And, uh, so that's how I connected. I did a little homework to find out where you guys were and talked with Paul and he told me about you and how you have become um, so involved in all of this. So thank you for getting involved. You're saving yeah. my baby. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are working hard to do that. Yes, so um, how, how did it happen that you got involved in the Oaks? Were you working there or did you come from the outside? Um, no, I actually, uh, in, I started off my career as an engineer for three years, and then I decided I wanted to do something that really impacted people directly. Uh, and so in 1995, I interned at the Oaks and um, became the first full-time program director and then developed all of our summer camp ministry for, um, you know, underprivileged youth who were coming up from LA, San Francisco, Oakland, Fresno, um, and San Diego, and then developed the Adventure Outdoor Science and uh, the retreat uh, retreat programming. Well, so, and I was there for uh, a total of twelve years till two thousand six. Well, that's pretty awesome. What yeah. have you been doing since? Well, I uh, I really have a heart for working with urban youth, and so I directed two other camps uh, specializing and focused on urban youth, and then I was involved with a large historic camp and conference center in the Santa Cruz Mountains called Mount Hermon, and uh, most recently, I was involved in another uh, camp and conference center in the Poconos out in Pennsylvania, where I currently live. Okay. I grow, grew up on the East Coast, so I know the Poconos very well. Yeah. 
So yeah. what, can you tell us, uh, I know you're currently working with Oasis Ministry Ventures. Correct. Is that something you founded as well? Or how did you, how did they play into this whole story? Yeah, I, uh, I was hired to succeed an executive director at a camp called Spruce Lake last February of 2020, right before COVID hit. And by June, we were just looking at each other, executive director and I, and like, yeah, I know you're laying me off and it's fine. <laughs> I, I'm seeing the financials just like you. And so after that, in the fall, I connected with a former camp counselor who hired me as a COO. And in October, uh, he, he had worked at the Oaks. October, we found out that the Oaks had um, been closed. And we said, who's doing something? Why isn't anybody doing something? This is an amazing place. Like, who, who's trying to raise the funds to buy it and reopen it? Because it was a strategic shift. It's a, it was a healthy camp, uh, balanced budget, growing, great things were happening there. Um, but the parent organization had a strategic shift. And then within three or four months of their strategic shift, COVID hit, and then they decided to speed up their timeline. And so that's that's where we find ourselves today. And uh, COVID's just had a huge impact on, you know, really any place that gathers large groups of people for retreat or conferences. And and it's been pretty pretty devastating. Um, and a lot of camps have made it through thanks to faithful donors. Um, but uh, the Oaks, unfortunately, was slated to be spun off anyway, and, and it just accelerated that process. It is really a shame. I think, I don't know that not everyone will know what the Oaks is and, and what makes up that camp. Um, not just programs, but all the physical infrastructure of yeah. what you have to offer. Yeah, it's, it's a 710 acre uh, facility in the Angeles National Forest. Uh, it's really a hanging valley. It's just completely surrounded. There's no neighbors to worry about. Uh, if you go up on the upper ridge, you overlook the poppy fields at the Antelope Valley Poppy Preserve. And it's just a gorgeous high desert um, retreat. And, and there's just a real beauty there. And uh, it's just wonderful. You can see the stars like no place else in uh, LA County because uh, you know it's it's a dark friendly place and uh, it's just amazing the wonder that happens when a camper goes out you know they may have grown up um, you know in South Los Angeles or Compton or whatever they've never seen the stars and they go out for the first time and they're like wow they're really there <laughs> and, and it's it's incredible but you've done some other things I mean I remember you have a zip line there Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we have 370 beds at the Oaks, uh, anywhere from bunk style to hotel style. Um, yeah, that zip line I, I built back in 1997, I think. I'm a mechanical engineer, so that was one of my first uh, uses of that. And, and we have a, um, they call it a pamper pole or a leap of faith, and then a high, high ropes and low ropes course. And uh, I built and designed all of those. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, the, the conference center I already mentioned because I absolutely love that conference center, but you also yeah. have had a preschool or pre, you know, child, child, early child care. Yeah, there's care. a child care center. Yeah, we really wanted parents to be able to drop their children off for quality care while they receive, went to seminars and, and spiritual instruction and, um, you know, just uh, worship together and, or their conference curriculum, you know, it just didn't matter. It, it was all about providing a great place for the kids so the parents could really focus on growth. 
which is a, a wonderful place to be. Now, your your primary focus, though, were inner city youth. Yeah, yeah. The program was built around that, and that was based on the focus of the parent organization, which began as a youth-serving organization and at one point was working in 13 different cities across the U.S., uh, working in neighborhoods. And um, the one of the unique things was the staff actually lived in the neighborhoods where they worked. And so it was a very, um, what we would call incarnational uh, ministry. So you're, you're living in the same community that you're serving. It's not a drive-in kind of situation. And that, that's what was beautiful about the Oaks because those same folks who lived in the community would come with the youth to the camp and partner with the counselors we provided to create an amazing week. And so any growth that happened was continued back in the community because the, the loving adult that was a part of their life lived in their community, was their neighbor, and would continue to help them grow and, um, and mature. Now, did you, did you personally see any amazing transformations? Um, I have. I mean, it's not just a theory for me. Um, you know, it goes back 26 years when I started there. So, so many of my campers are now parents, um, married, thriving in healthy relationships. And they're also, um, you know, working and, and just having an incredible impact. I think of um, one uh, young man who came from West Oakland and he was, um, he had a really tough home situation. Um, was hardly there, uh, actually, and he tended to live at his mentor's homes or, or just find a different place to spend the night where it was safe. And he's now a vice president of a catering company in San Francisco, and he has his own leadership and sales podcast. And, you know, he's just an amazing example of what can happen when you give someone a safe nurturing environment, including a camp experience. He was part of our leaders and training program. So he went through a three-year leadership development process. And so uh, JJ is a wonderful example of that. So does it also make a different, uh, an impact on you as, as the campus leaders to see this change happen? Oh, of course. I, you know, sometimes when you're young and you come in, you think, oh, I have all the answers. And then you quickly learn, I don't. <laughs> I need to listen. <laughs> And, you know, it was, uh, for me, it was just being able to be a part of a solution and relationships that would last a lifetime and to see that growth and that growth inspired growth in me as well. As I came to understand my privilege really, um, you know, as a white person, just how my life is easier just because of the color of my skin and just some of the ways that um, some of the cultural blinders I had were removed. And that was a beautiful process to just be able to understand um, what different cultures in America experience. Mm -hmm. Did, were there a lot of very famous people, I mean, being in Southern California, were there well-known individuals who were part of the camp or who contributed to the camp in some way? Yeah, it was really cool to see how um, members of the entertainment industry came alongside. I mean, some of these uh, guys are in their late 80s now, but wonderful uh, folks. Um, Rosie Greer was one, um, Pat wow. Boone, uh, uh, and then uh, Stuart Hamblin. He had a radio program in the 40s and 50s, and his widow Susie just uh, built one of the dining halls in, in his memory. And so, yeah, it was just incredible to see uh, some of the people come behind and um, 
you know, Rosie Greer was actually involved in acquiring the 475 acres that oh, wow. make up the majority of the 710. So yeah, it was a wow. real blessing. Yeah. That is a blessing. Now you mentioned that the, the Oaks was already scheduled to be spun off from its parent organization. Is that a trend in camps and, and retreat centers? Is something going on about having them? Yeah, that's a good question. It, it ebbs and flows a little bit. Um, you know, I come from a Protestant Christian background. And so within the different church denominations, there are cycles within denominations where they really want camp and camp is a central part of what they're doing. And then there's times when uh, the focus on camp goes away and camps are spun off and then other organizations are at a place where they're focusing on camp. And so uh, there, there is an ebb and flow. Um, it is more challenging today with increased regulation and, and liability concerns to operate a camp. And so um, it is increasingly more challenging to operate a camp. And so it, I would say there is a trend towards um, nonprofit organizations shying away sometimes from the risks. Um, but that's where the growth happens, you know, no risk, no reward. And you can do uh, a lot of things safely with appropriate supervision and appropriate policies. So is that what you would be doing uh, in the process of reacquiring the land and the camp itself is finding those policies and the ways that you can operate the camp more efficiently or more safely? Um, you know, the camp, this camp was well operated and had a balanced budget. Uh, for many years, it was accredited by the American Camp Association, which is the gold standard for um, within camps. And I was a visitor for the American Camp Association. So just like a college is accredited, uh, camps would be accredited. So we would actually go and visit three camps a summer, do written evaluations, score them, give them feedback, and then they would be um, accredited based on that um, visit. And so, yeah, we, um, the Oaks was always operated according to their principles and policies. And so, yeah, no, um, our focus is really just to reopen what was a very solid um, organization and camp that unfortunately um, got caught in a shift of strategy. You know, um, sometimes this happens, you know, even in corporate America, there's uh, a division that is strong and healthy and doing well, but it's no longer the focus of the organization. So it gets spun off. And, and that's the case here. Now, are there camps that were struggling financially? Are there other camps that maybe had safety issues? Yeah, but but in this situation, it, it's just a, a shift in direction plus COVID. Right. Are you still hoping to cater to the same audience in terms of campers? Yeah, I mean, we served um, the church at large. And so we were, um, available for rental and folks like yourself who would want to come and and um, rent the facility and put on their own retreats and we would just support and and what we would call um, just provide a hospital the gift of hospitality and uh, and then yeah as far as the program camps where we're actually leading it we would want to focus on we're keeping it a little broader the least of these so yes definitely urban um, uh, underserved populations, as well as hopefully veterans, uh, those who've experienced trauma. And, um, you know, really, I don't know if this is uh, a, the best word, but the Bible calls it the least of these. So those who struggle to hope in a future and um, 
that's really what we're about is to, to bring hope back to this world. We need hope right now. Yes, you do. You know, it's interesting because I called the realtor who is handling this sale when I first found out what was going on and wondered who was, who were your competitive, you know, forces that were trying to outbid you or somehow get that, that facility. And it was the vets and it was the PTSD people uh, who were among them, as you just mentioned. So there's, yeah. is there any possibility of a coalition forming to save the Oaks? Yeah, I mean, our approach is really, we are actively seeking partners. I met with one this morning. And so um, we would really uh, embrace that kind of partnership. And so, um, yeah, so that, that really is our approach. And, and so I'm in conversations with a number of different organizations. That's, that sounds great. Now tell me, where does Oasis Ministry Ventures fit into all of this? Well, that was just the name we came up with a nonprofit, uh, but it, it represents this idea of bringing thriving back to a place that may be dry around it. And so uh, the Oaks was really uh, a, an oasis of hope for a lot of kids and families um, that really may never have had uh, grown up having their own bed. I mean, some of our campers literally could not go to sleep at night because they didn't have a sibling in bed next to them. And that's what they were used to. And um, so, and so to give, to give hope and leadership development and growth and life skills and faith that really will um, anchor the kids in their lives. And when they meet trials, they'll know that there's a God that loves them and cares for them and made them beautiful and wonderful and uh, are his workmanship kind of support they can carry with them throughout their life. Right. Yep. And we've seen it. So who came up with the idea to save the Oaks? Well, it was myself and the owner of the company I was working for at the time. He was a former camp counselor. And so we just said we need to do something. And then we got in touch with former uh, board members and uh, some other staff members, and they wanted to join our cause. And then we had an anonymous donor uh, provide a hundred fifty thousand anchor gift to get us started administratively, um, just to be able to. Um, I I just took a leave of absence three weeks ago from my employer, and I'm working full time to raise the funds right now because I really believe in what we're doing. I can't think of anything better to do with my time right now, um, and I'm thankful to have an employer who was a counselor that cares enough about this cause that is allowing me to do that as well. So what has yeah. to be accomplished? Well, we. Uh, we're doing a great job um, building momentum and a following. We're almost at a thousand members in our Facebook group. So if you're interested in SaveTheOaks.camp, just search for that on Facebook and you'll find our group. Um, so we're having lots of conversations with former staff, campers, donors, and then new organizations as well and uh, foundations. Uh, I have a foundation meeting later this week. And so we're just getting the word out right now. A lot of people um, because of COVID, um, news didn't travel fast because people aren't interacting as much. So um, quite a few people and groups are still calling, trying to book uh, the camp, and they're finding out, like you did, that it's closed, and they're shocked. And so we're really, uh, we have a radio campaign to get the word out. Um, our biggest need right now, though, is it's going to take a $1 to $2 million um, down payment or earnest money to really 
get us a deal. And once we have a deal, I know the rest of the donors will come on board, but we're really looking for an anchor donor um, at a significant level that could help us secure the deal that will allow us to raise the rest of the funds. Are you up against any deadlines at this point? Um, we, the, the property is slated to go on the market in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we don't know exactly when the broker hasn't said other than probably sometime this month. And so um, we don't really know because, you know, that's, that's the way it works. <laughs> He's not going to tell me everybody else that's interested. So we, we have no idea, um, but we're hopeful. And uh, we've had some real positive interactions um, uh, at present. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Is there anything in particular that uh, you'd like to tell our listeners to inspire them to be part of this campaign? Yeah, I would just say uh, camp is one of the most powerful tools for positive change in someone's life. Um, over 60% of life-changing faith decisions are made at camp, you know, regardless of your faith um, perspective. It's just when you're out in the wilderness, out in creation, and you just see the amazing beauty, it just touches your soul. And so um, your listeners can be a part of bringing that back for underprivileged youth who typically wouldn't have the chance to get out of the city to experience stars, to um, hear the wind blowing at night, um, to get away from sirens and lights and just um, experience true stillness and quiet um, and also experience like three meals a day, a loving counselor, the safety of a positive discipline system that keeps everyone um, in a great community and growing. And um, so that's the, the beauty of the Oaks. That's the beauty of camping. And so we really want uh, to bring that back to the really to the underserved. There's a lot of camps that serve the wealthy or upper middle class and um, the Oaks was unique in our focus. And so we just really um, hope your listeners will join us in providing uh, a space and a place for people who otherwise couldn't be at camp to enjoy all the growth and benefit and really restorative properties of just being out on God's creation. I hope you are successful. I don't just hope it. I, I've decided you're going to be successful. <laughs> yeah, I believe we are going to be. And uh, I am just, I can think of no better organization to continue it because we are composed. We have the DNA and, um, you know, we all three former directors have endorsed us as well as numerous other board members and staff. And so um, they really believe and we believe that we have what's needed to um, run it successfully and also financially uh, in a good position. You know, it's not going to be struggling. That's great. Well, thank you very much, Sean, for sharing your campaign to save yeah. the Oaks. I'm going to thank our listeners for joining us. And I'm going to read something that's really right off your webpage, which okay. is, it's a, it's a call to action for the, the people who are interested in saving the oaks. You can become an ambassador for the Save Your o the Oaks campaign by sharing their new campaign brochure. You can request the brochure online and then reach out to a mission committee chair, a local business owner, or your wealthy aunt as you invite them into the plan to purchase the oaks and buy back the campus. 
use your social media to extend the reach of the campaign. In, invite a group of people by Zoom or in person to gather together to learn about the impact of the oaks and the urgency needed to make the purchase and reopen. You get, you get the people there and Oasis Ministry Ventures will provide the program. Uh, I have an email address of Paul M, as in Mary, at oasisministryventures.org. What about, can they reach you as well, Sean? Yeah, it's just Sean at oasisministryventures.org or just go to savetheoaks.camp. That's our um, web address and my email address is right at the bottom of the page. Okay, that's great. And yep. if you feel so inclined, we would appreciate the support for Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power calls by subscribing and telling others about us as well. We appreciate yep. your participation. So thanks again for being with us, Sean. Yes, thank you so much, Susan. It was a pleasure and yeah, there's no, no better way to grow than to go to a retreat or a camp event. So now that we're safe and COVID is passing and we're getting vaccinated, let's get back out there and start growing again. Let's grow. There's a wonderful yep. song. It's a grow, grow, grow song. It's a working song. And that's exactly all the steps. We're gonna ho, ho, ho. We're gonna sow, sow, sow. We're gonna yep. grow, grow, grow. That's what we all need right. to right now <laughs> so that's I'll a wrap have to learn that. you'll have to learn it i learned it just the other day interview i was interviewing an author who had written a book about a, um, a farmer who was teaching his children this song and it is a working song to teach them how to do their chores and it's wonderful yeah. it really works I love it. i'm I applying love it. it to myself <laughs> yeah yes well that's great thank you yeah so that's a wrap, everyone. If you feel something has been placed upon your heart to contribute in some way to work to save the oaks, please act on that feeling right away. Time is of the essence. So bye for now and have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shireko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.